This is Rainwave. This is Rainwave. This is Rainwave. My teacher wishes to Rainwave. Catch some Rainwave. This is a podcast. The podcast about teaching. I mean the best podcast. This is my favorite podcast. I love Rainwave. You're listening to Brainwaves. Wait, so is it Brainwaves podcast? The Brainwaves podcast. Wait, no. The Brainwaves podcast. Brainwaves? Whoever you are, wherever you are, and whenever it is, you are catching some Brainwaves, the podcast aimed at making us all more informed, inspired, and connected educators, coming to you from the extraordinary architectural angles of the St. Brain Innovation Center in almost always sunny Longmont, Colorado. I am Susie Evans with my co-host and one of my favorite people in and out of the classroom, Shane Saeed. Shane, what's good? Thank you, Susie. I'm thrilled to be here sitting next to you in the trapezoidal recording room. (laughs) So since we are relaunching this amazing podcast, let's start with some more formal introductions. Again, I'm Susie Evans, an instructional coordinator with the St. Brain Valley Schools and former preschool teacher, elementary, PE, STEM coordinator. I'm in my 17th year in education and am the person that can't stop going back to school, having just gotten my second master's degree. Last year, I have have sworn to my husband that I will stop, but I absolutely had my fingers crossed behind my back when I said that. We are definitely two peas in a pod. I'm Shane Saeed. I'm a learning coach with the Office of Professional Development. I'm in my ninth year in education and previously taught elementary. Similarly to Susie, I am a sucker for knowledge or maybe just a glutton for punishment. Also with two master's degrees and currently working on my doctorate in executive leadership with a focus on educational equity. And now that I know you might be an easy sell, Susie, <laughs> I heard that a new doctorate cohort is starting up this summer. So Sounds like something you might be interested in. Oh my gosh, please don't tempt me. Well, I'll just save that convincing for off air. So how are you feeling on this crisp fall day? I think this might be the most exciting day of my life. And yes, I've had two children. So Emily and Sydney, I apologize. But like a lot of people, I was obsessed with the Brainwaves podcast, diligently took notes, spent way too much money on the books, and even created a study group at my building inspired by the concepts the authors were discussing. I completely agree. I had the opportunity in 2020 to record with Ben and interview Principal Kefele, and it was such a great experience. So I'm giddy knowing that we get to bring back the pedagogical party to educators. As some of you know, this podcast was in year four. And then as with many things in the world in 2020 came to a slight pause. But upon requests from so many people, it is back. And with the relaunch of the podcast, we are celebrating all things new, new school year, new students, new teachers. Do you know we have over 250 new teachers in St. Brain this year? who we are so excited about. Big welcome to you all. And new host, Susie, new host. Ah, That's right. That's us. And there was a lot of movement in the district this year. We had a record-breaking number of new hires, including brand new teachers. There are a lot of new teachers, some at new buildings and in new grade levels. We even have a new king over in the UK, for those of you fans of the royal family. And with all things new, we, of course, always want to honor and celebrate the original ideas. So we have the ultimate OG with us today, the one and only creator of Rainwaves, Ben Kolb. 
One thing we couldn't help noticing, Ben Kolb, is that Ben and Becky both started with B, and now Shane and I both start with S, so clearly that is a prerequisite for co-hosting, correct? Absolutely. It's uh, an alliteration, (laughs) I believe. You have to have both hosts match their initial. This is very true. Although, if I want to get, like, super nerdy with it, if we want to go down to, like, the phoneme sound level... I'm a sh sound, and Susie's a s sound, right. so yes. maybe a little slight uh, variation. See, my mind went to the acronym BS, and we just oh! Say, so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, we're going to keep it PC from here on out. Ben, can you, first of all, thank you so much for being here, and can you ground some of our listeners, because we have so many new people in the district this year, too, on... A short, give us a short history and idea behind the original Brainwaves podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me on here. I know y'all are going to take it to new heights, and I look forward to keep watching what happens with the fantastic teachers in St. Vrain. Uh, St. Vrain really is the best district in all of Colorado, and it's a lighthouse in the nation to look for. And you guys are just going to take what we started and take it to new heights for sure. But really, Brainwave started because when I started in the district, teachers to grow and learn, we had some of the best professional development anywhere. And people drove from all 411 square miles to uh, really the Innovation Center and at the time uh, really to the ESC to go and learn in a class. And I just knew from my background of being a busy teacher, being married to a teacher, both my in-laws are teachers that don't have to to drive 411 square miles across our district to one central location and wait for formalized learning to start. Instead, they can be inspired whether they're on a walk or mowing the lawn or laying with a sick kid or driving to work. And so the hope of Rainwaves was how can we help teachers learn wherever they are? How can we help them be informed, inspired, and connected? And so Rainwaves really, uh, this was all, all before COVID. And so it was a lot of new stuff of how can we bring the learning to the teachers wherever they are and I think now with COVID that's a a lot more of something that just is a normal thing oh absolutely I mean I know for myself I think I listened to almost every episode while I was hiking or walking and it was it was my reset time my let's get my educational self back together time always I think that was always my favorite thing that I heard from Becky was she would say, oh, yeah, I ran into a teacher in the district and she said, you know, I I lost five pounds listening to you both. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that'd be a huge encouragement I have for listeners of how can you incorporate movement as you all learn from uh, this new iteration of Rainwaves that we know that uh, the brain works best when you're moving. And and so, yeah, there's a couple cool episodes on that. But yeah, move as you listen and then you're learning and burning calories. So it's a great two-for-one opportunity there. Definitely. And I love how you said meeting educators where they're at. So they get that bite-sized piece of professional development. No matter where they are, they can still be learning professionally. And I know that Susie and I have always admired what you and Becky did with Brainwaves. And now that we're revamping it, and we knew that we wanted to reflect on some of the pieces to keep what we wanted to tweak to meet the needs of educators today, because we know that it is different than it was two, three years ago. Um, And we love how you brought the giants of education to our earbuds, and we wanted to shift some of the focus from theory to practice. Because we know we're filling some huge shoes here. Um, Our value add, so to speak, is to create inspiration and empowerment 
for our educators who are doing the work every day in their classrooms. So alongside the giants of education, we'll also be talking with classroom educators and how they use their theories in their instruction and practice every day. So we kind of wanted to know what, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, now that I'm an outsider and I live uh, in Michigan, and just so you know, it's October, and I think I just said goodbye <laughs> to the sun until March. Oh, so, no. Oh, no. Yeah, I enjoy it. But really, you have the giants in education teaching in your schools, and I, I think that is just such a blessing for you guys to lean into that. Uh, I know that when Brainwave started, there's an old myth in education that you can't be a prophet in your own land, and so sometimes it was like, well... I'm not going to listen to just Ben because he's just a teacher at Frederick. But if we could have Tony Wagner, who has written all these books, then people would listen. I think uh, COVID has taught us how much we can all learn from each other. And and you have giants in your classrooms already. And so I think that is such a cool tweak to how can you shine the light on teachers just absolutely crushing an insane brain. So I think that is absolutely brilliant. Oh, yay. We got the stamp of approval from the OG. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, that's so exciting. So, Ben, we need you to, like, officially pass the torch. I know people can't see us, but how are you going to pass it over to us? Yes, it's not a torch. (laughs) It's a microphone, and I'm handing it to you to drop as much as you want. Here it is. You're the best. You guys are going to honestly take it to all new heights, and I will be listening every day you drop, and I'm already subscribed, and I can't wait to see what you guys do with it. Oh, thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming on and virtually passing the microphone to us. We're really excited to see where this goes. We know you can't see us, but we're on a podcast high right now, having just interviewed Ben. When we grow up as podcasters, this is who we want to be. And now that we've officially been past the microphone, no pressure, Susie, (laughs) let's get this podcast party started. So the goal and purpose of this particular episode is to ground us all in the novelties of this year, even though it is January at this point, and help us find our people because without a village, it can all become too heavy. Shane and I agree that connection with other educators is the key to our collective success and networking, which can be everything from social media to professional development to conferences, is the foundation of lifelong learning. Definitely. And education is a journey. It's not a destination. So we're never truly finished. And so often the term networking has a slight negative connotation. It's that it's about self-promotion or name dropping. When I was in college, my parents, who were both executives in the business world, were trying desperately to persuade me to go into business instead of education. And I had listened to dinner conversation about their networking engagements, and the thought of constantly talking about myself made me super uncomfortable. (laughs) I thought that when I went into education, I'd sidestepped all the networking. But what I've realized is that it looks and feels different in our profession. It's a lot more communal. I could totally picture young Shane at the dinner table rolling her eyes, and I was absolutely in that same boat in my family. But yes, it's about community building. It's about sharing ideas and strategies and lifting each other up. There is a great quote by Katie Martin, who has been a guest on Brainwaves before, actually. And she says, when the days get hard, I have found that connecting with those who lift you up and push you to be better is well worth the investment. I think that cues us up perfectly for our next guest, our first St. Brain educator, Farrah Holborn. 
Farah is someone who is known around the district for building really strong community at Mead Elementary, not only with her direct fifth grade teammates, but throughout the grade levels. We're going to go full prices right here. Farah Holborn, come on down. You're the next educator on Brainwaves. Yay. Thank you, Susie and Shane. I'm super stoked to listen to the podcast again. I love that it always gave me that permission that I needed to think in new ways, which led to so many inspiring teaching moments. Well, we are super excited to have you on as our first guest. When we were thinking about people to invite and who built really great community and networking, and in that positive way, like we talked about earlier in the episode, you were one of the very first people that we both thought of. And I remember my first time, quote unquote, meeting you because uh, it was all online during the summer of 2020, and you were running the blended learning course on Schoology. And my very first interaction with you was saying, oh, I've heard so many lovely things about you. It's so nice to have you in this class. And I remember feeling so great with that first uh, impression and acknowledgement. So I'm just very excited to have you here today, Farah. Oh, that's awesome. But I only speak the truth. Now that I know you in person, I totally see how infectious your positive energy always is. Oh, Farah, can you start by telling us about your a little bit about your journey in education? Because I think so often our journey is what shapes our mindset about community building, about the importance of networking. And so let's hear from you a little bit about that. Okay. Well, to start, my mother was a teacher. And so I swore I would never be a teacher. (laughs) And my dad's a psychologist. So I said I would never go that direction either. And then uh, here I am with an undergraduate degree in psychology and a master's in education. It is funny how that works. So I started off teaching bilingual students at Rocky Mountain Elementary. And those 12 years were like the formative years of my teaching. And it was amazing. The students, the community, my colleagues, and my admin really shaped who I wanted to be as an educator. And then I was lucky enough to be able to come to Mead. And that was a whole different experience. And But again, I had amazing people who just really allowed me to experiment with new ideas and different teaching practices. So you really had a plethora of education experience in two very different elementary schools, Rocky Mountain and Mead, and then starting off in Mead and in a new building. How do you build community within your elementary school currently? Well, earlier, I know you guys talked about lifting people up, right? And that's the obvious choice for me. You always have to have positive things to say and look on at the positive side. And that is kind of naturally me. Um, but also the last two administrators I've worked for were people who focused on the positive parts of like everything, the staff and the kids and the community. They were n- totally not that deficit thinking kind of people. Um, And they've been my role models in telling, like, I've just watched them and the way they interact with me, always telling me about the positives. And and so that is really how I interact with um, colleagues and my students, of course, as well. 
Um, I guess also, I think, you know, being an expert in some things, but really deferring to others is an obvious way to build community, right? So I've been on our instructional leadership team for most of the time our district has had that title. I think I even tried to get that name changed after that Fisher and Frey Rainwaves episode a while back. Um, but anyways, helping me, helping make like instructional decisions is my role in growing our staff, right? And I don't tell our systems at Mead team how we should schedule our day. Mm -hmm. That's their job. So I guess I stay in my lane, you could say, and that really builds trust among staff members because everybody feels like they add value. So I think that's a huge part of building community. I have learned kind of the art of how to ask questions in a way that, but that that aren't super harsh. And that took me a while. So, and I, I do understand that saying what's on your mind can be challenging, but I really think in the end it creates trust because what, if I say what I'm wondering and thinking about in front of the people who it connects to and relates to rather than behind closed doors afterwards, it just, it builds trust. Right. And so people know mm -hmm. this person is going to say what they think. Mm -hmm. What you see is what you get. And you're, yeah. you're, you're very transparent. I think that is very true and, and really important in building community in my opinion. And so, you know, sometimes I'm the one that's asked to be that spokesperson for a particular topic when nobody else, when it's kind of difficult for people to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I, that's okay with me, right? You're a real go-to, it sounds like, for your building. Sometimes when there needs to be a courageous conversation or a courageous question, it sounds like people can rely on you. For sure. And then maybe one other thing, and this might sound minor, but like if I see somebody walking down the hallway and they got a cute new haircut or cute skirt or sports team that I admire, I, I say what I think, right? And I, I don't consciously do that to build community, but I mean, it's kind of in me to just want people to feel happy. And if like just saying something minor like that makes people's day better, awesome. Oh, Farah, I appreciate that so much. And so what I've heard is really being asset focused versus deficit focused in terms of the people you've worked for and also with you yourself and then being transparent and reliable and and very open. And questions are an art. Asking good questions is an art where we shift from maybe triggering people to probing, right? That That is an art and takes a lot of work. And I appreciate so much the time that you've put into refining that practice. So how do you then build a community with a larger network outside of your building now? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I, I think like the very first thing I did that really started helping me build community and really my advice for all teachers that that want to get bigger and go out there is to get a Twitter account and not on a personal level or political level, but like just on that simple professional level, you don't even have to post anything, right? And and people don't want more social media and I get it. I do. But Twitter has so much information connected to like current educational practices. So I really, that's huge to me. I think people should just create an account, don't post, um, and follow everyone connected to education and 
your whole teaching life will open up. So, I mean, I learned from podcasts, articles, books people are promoting and just ideas or questions people put out there on Twitter, right? So to me, that's a huge part of building that larger network outside of um, the classroom and the local community. Oh, I couldn't agree. I also share yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I couldn't agree more. I think Shane and I both yeah. like Twitter for me personally is, is really just education for me. And if people out there are new to Twitter and feeling overwhelmed by it, I would say pick someone who you know and follow them and then go off of who they follow, right? It, it's a big family tree, so to speak, right? Of, of people we can follow in education. And if you're feeling overwhelmed about where to start, pick a couple people that you know, and then go off of who they're following. And it really has opened up my world as well, Farah. And I would add in, um, just being someone who wasn't super into Twitter, like I use other social media platforms for that same bite-sized PD. So Instagram has a whole teacher niche as well. TikTok also has a teacher niche. <laughs> so for our, you know, our younger educators that are in their first and second years, and maybe those are their more comfortable platforms, there's always a niche for um, professional development on social media as well. Mm-hmm. And I like how, Fair, you said having two separate accounts. So you have your teaching account where you can go for your teaching content and ideas, and then maybe you might have a personal account or maybe you don't, but keeping that account specifically for education content. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good point about Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. I should probably check that out too. <laughs> Let me know. I'll, I'll send you all the people. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So I, you know, and then you guys, I think the other big thing is that I don't ever feel like I own things, right? So I share everything. So, and I used to be way better about posting on Twitter. COVID kind of halted some of that. I tend to more read Twitter, but I share everything. So if somebody asks, you know, I give it away. I I have so many like ideas that I've taken from Twitter and from, you know, Amy Berval and Dan Ryder and all this, all the things on um, Twitter that I've learned recently, oh, honestly, and I'm not just saying this because this is brainwaves, but that really was my huge big start. That and like the cult of pedagogy. Those were my two big, hey, this is what I want to be doing. And so when I create things, I don't feel like they're mine. And so I want everybody to be able to use them. And I I share everything, right? Because to me, that's just huge. Oh, absolutely. That's the name of the game in education is sharing. The second we start hoarding things and like, oh, this is mine and don't bring other ideas to the table, we're done. Yeah, exactly. And why, so just to wrap up with, thank you so much for all this and your time, but why do you think this is so important? Why do you think community building and networking, like we've talked about in a positive way is so important? Yeah, I think teachers are social beings, right? And so having like that healthy social community is really important for us to want to come to work every morning. 
I'm excited about what I'm teaching and I'm teaching other people what I'm teaching and I'm failing and then I'm doing really well and then I do it again and I get it better. And it's all because of the community that I have built up. Oh, yay. <laughs> the, oh, my, I know we, you can't see us all, but Shane and my faces right now are just one of just sheer pride to have Farah in our district and to really, uh, it's true, and to really lean into that lifelong learning piece and a community building and the networking is a key part of the lifelong learning. I remember uh, our teammates, my teammates, uh, we were the fourth grade team at Red Hawk had um, lawn chairs that we would bring with us outside during that COVID year when we came back remote and we would all sit 20 feet apart (laughs) just so we could have that time together outside. And no matter what temperature it was, it was 30 degrees and we'd be bundled up eating our lunches, yelling across to each other, just trying to have some sense of connection because we were missing that. And that community is just so important. So thanks for reminding us of that today. Yeah, thank you so much, Farah, for thank your time. You guys. This was fun. Yay, thanks. All right, Farah. So before you go, because this whole episode was based on connection and community, where can others find you to connect on Twitter? Yes, come and see who I am connected to. I don't do a ton of posting, but I am at Holborn underscore Farah on Twitter. And that's really my big educational push there, but you can see who I'm following because that will help you know who you could follow too. Thanks. Heard it here first. Yeah. Thank you, Farah. Have a great day. You too. So let's close up shop. Shane, what'd you learn? I think this discussion of community building for support is so important for our profession. We truly cannot do it alone. In fact, the last couple chapters of my book, Be the Flame, which we'll talk a little bit about in the next episode, are about how to build relationships with teammates and coworkers, as well as creating a professional learning network or community using social media. Never in a million years would I have thought five years ago, having a professional learning community online would have afforded me some of the incredible opportunities I've had, like publishing a book or speaking at different conference organizations. The people I've met both online and in-person at conferences has been incredibly supportive. It's really comforting to know that I can call or text educators that I quote unquote call my people who are both (laughs) in and out of our district. A huge yes to all of that. It is so important to build up our educational villages, so to speak, so we feel supported, empowered, and valued. Let's try to move away from teaching in silos and connect with each other, connect all our content. And then to take it a step further even, let's put all of that into practice by creating that support village for our students, modeling what community building and creating a professional learning network looks like as adults, educators, and lifelong learners. A hundred percent. And speaking of connecting, don't forget to reach out and connect with us. Tag us in a tweet or a story about what you liked or learned from the podcast. Susie, where can they find you on the interwebs? At Susanna Evans 2 on Twitter, because apparently there's someone who beat me to that. (laughs) And I shouldn't be the only one they're tracking down. What is your info? Y'all can find me on Twitter at Saeed, S-A-E-E-D underscore Shane, or on Instagram by going back all the way to my elementary roots, my handle's at fantasticallyforth, or on TikTok 
at the Fantastically Fourth. Looking forward to connecting with you all and keep an eye and an ear out for episode two dropping soon, where we will continue talking about relationships, but extending it to building community within our classrooms. Finally, a big thank you again to Ben Kalb and Farah Holburn for being our guests and to our sound engineer and editor, Taylor Wright.